you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and uh, just so excited that we get to move forward in the book of John, talk about the life of Christ. And with me, as always, we have Kevin out there in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir. Now, Kevin, here's a question. Now, they, they did get a little bit easier, so we went from real easy to moderately easy to absolutely too hard uh, back to something I think that has a good flow and will be helpful for all of us. But the question for the day is this, how many people did Jesus feed with the five loaves of bread in the two fish? 5,000. There you go. 5,000 men. And we don't even know. I, 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 I told Kevin, I said, I'm going to want to go father. You're going to want to go follow with this, but we definitely know <laughs> that the Bible says 5,000 men. So we, men, yeah. yeah. So, and, and of course you got families, a whole bunch of people, and you know, what a lesson that little lad comes along and gives up his loaves and fish and you put something in God's hand and over and over again, he multiplies it. And, uh, mm. Oh, what a great lesson. Well, there we go, Kevin. So you're one for two this week, and uh, <laughs> I think you're heading toward at least 80%. Yeah, let me see if we got a clap. I don't remember where the clap track is. No, that's the wrong one. No, that's a bird. What's that all about? <laughs> there we go. Yeah, you know, I just got to leave these tracks. I got a bird playing. I got, and Kevin can't hear these because of the way we're talking right now. But uh, So I wanted to talk about the word empath. So somebody who's an empath has empathy. So we looked yesterday at apathy. We know that empathy is really caring. Some of us are empaths. You know, I used to tell people there's four levels of being an empath. And and I believe that I'm at least a four. And uh, I might get extra credit if I had a psychology professor look at me. I'm the type of person I cry easy. I hurt for people. I pull my wallet out too easy. I, you know, Debbie gets mad at me at the mall. Every year I give somebody 20 bucks and they hop in a Mercedes two minutes later and take <laughs> off. And, uh, but the Bible has something to say about having empathy, about caring, about listening, about loving, about thinking things through. And I, I, back in Romans 12, again, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. An empath is somebody I think who meets both of these standards. Man, they feel so good when somebody has a great success, and and, and it hurts them when somebody hurts. It uh, um, man, it, it's like and I've learned in my life things I've been through that have been really hard, that have made me cry, that have uh, defined my life. When someone else says, "Hey, I'm going through this, and this hurts, and this is something I've been through," I find it hurts me. But I haven't always been there. It's it's by a prompting. And, uh, uh, and, and then remember the Lord wept and remember the, there's rejoicing with the Lord and, and, and over in Ephesians four thirty two it says, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiven one another, even as God for Christ's sake have forgiven you. So Kevin, we, we've got an option in life, really, you know, we can be, we can be a stick in the mud. We can be a knucklehead or we can really care. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, a narcissist. Again, we talked yesterday about narcissism a little bit. I come back to that a lot because we see it more and more in these last days. As the Bible says, uh, wicked men and seducers will wax worse and worse. But, you know, uh, 
empathy is the opposite. A narcissist cannot feel empathy. I mean, that's one of the most notorious marks of a narcissist is they just they 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 seem incapable of it because of choices that they've made and abuse they've been abused by. But you know, the scripture that came to my mind first with empathy, empaths, is Isaiah 63, 9. If empathy is feeling people's pain when they hurt and empathy is feeling the rejoicing when they rejoice, this one is, uh, in all their affliction, he, that is God, was afflicted and the angel of his presence saved them in love and in his in his love and in his pity he redeemed them and he bare them and carried them all the days of old so in their affliction he was afflicted that is remarkable and you know we see that in John 11 it's coming up next next week probably this John uh, 11, and I forget which verse, shortest verse in the Bible. I'm not thinking too clearly today, but Jesus wept. Yeah. Yeah. So Lazarus had died and Jesus wept. That that whole thing where he is saying, I I am feeling your pain now. Now get it. Sorrow is a result of the fall of man. The fall of man came as a result of sin. We brought it on ourselves. Sin is wrecking our lives because we chose sin. Death comes because of sin and the savior will die because of our sin. Yet in all that, he goes to this person, this family that lost someone and he cries. And it's like, I feel so bad for what you folks are having to go through, even though you're, you're hurting me with your sin. And this is the result of your sin. And even though the grief that I am in being handed by this, this ungodly planet earth, I hurt because you hurt. And that, uh, in fact, I was just singing a song not long ago before we started the broadcast, Doug, um, I had to look it up. It's very little online about it, but it's called Someday All Sorrow Will Be O'er. Wow. Uh, so, someday. Uh, he'll, and and the, the, whole, the whole thing was going through someone that lost a child. Grandpa lost his wife. The sorrow that he feels sitting after church, after everyone's left, he's sitting in the pew, missing his wife. And brother, I just wept. I wept like a baby and I cried. And I said, Lord, there are people that don't, have a comforter and they need what we're doing with this wounded spirits thing. They need it all over the world. Nations need it. Individuals need it. Why? Because they're suffering and the savior is afflicted in their affliction and he wants to comfort them, but there's a knowledge gap and his people are being destroyed for lack of knowledge. So I, I really, uh, dedicating God helping me the rest of my life to filling this gap as I have been with, uh, you know, with the Lord's help with, military, but, but now, uh, just everyone that's afflicted, they need this great shepherd. Yeah. You know, I got a call yesterday and one of the questions that I'm always asked, um, is I know you guys only help military and, and, and that's not the case at all. And as I explained to, uh, the lady who mentioned that to me yesterday, about two thirds of the people we see are not military. 
we're here. Uh, it's just wide open at our camps, at our workshops. And though we do emphasize outside of military bases because there's a great propensity and population, looking at my schedule for the rest of 23, it's, it's all over. It's uh, in places far from military bases, in places close to police training academies, and in places close to military bases. So we, we just reach out, and that's the way – as Kevin just said, we're going to be, that's where we're going to stay. We find ourselves today in the book of John. We just have four verses today, uh, John 7 through 10. We continue on with, with God talking about being the good shepherd, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Then said Jesus unto them again, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. And, and folks, let me just say this before we even go any further. The door for us to get to heaven, the door for our eternal life and all eternity is Christ. He is the door, and uh, he's an open door. And uh, it says in verse number eight, all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. And, uh, you know, boy, don't we know that? The Pharisees, all these things, they're sheep, they're robbers, the sorcerers, these you know, uh, they're a generation before the TV evangelist we have today is what these guys were, snake oil salesmen. It says, I am the door by me in verse number nine. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I cometh that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So God wants us to have eternal life. He wants us to have life, but more abundant. And folks, can I tell you something? There is nothing on this earth more abundant than accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says when we do that, we pass from death unto life. So here's Jesus. He's continuing again to talk about how he alone is our good shepherd, how there's an exclusive and legitimate means to enter into a relationship with God. And, and folks, can I tell you, it is Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And, uh, and you know, we continue on all that came before me. I, I keep on looking at that, and it's just echoing in my head how many have come before him false leaders, false prophets, false messiahs, false uh, everything. Kevin was talking about these narcissists and something that's really on Kevin's heart and our hearts is we've dealt with these people who've been hurt so badly by narcissists as well as we've been uh, have dealt with them. And, and, uh, and, and just in verse 10, and I'll talk about that in just a minute after we uh, let our radio stations do what they have to do, but uh, God is not a thief. The thief cometh not but for to steal. Hey, we'll be right back with you. Hold that thought. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I cometh that they may have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And, and, and here's God again just blowing away all these narcissists, all these people who 
feel like they should be respected and all that. He's just telling us, listen, I'm the exclusive means to your salvation. I'm your access to God. It doesn't matter what these false leaders and teachers have said and, and led people. They're just thieves. True believers reject them, and, and the Holy Spirit of God does that when we accept the Lord. So, so Kevin, here's the Lord. He, he's just being so clear and so plain with this and saying, listen, there's a great contrast here. And, uh, you know, I'm the door. I'm the one that gives you life more abundant, eternal life that passed from death unto life. But there's some knuckleheads out there, Kevin. <laughs> there are. Yes, we've seen them. This, this door is another, <clears throat> another player in this, in this thing. It's Jesus. But this time he's, he's not calling himself the shepherd. He said, I am the door. And uh, verse nine. So being the door, that means that he he is the only way. He is the way in. But again, there's the option. If someone wants to be dishonest, there are windows. There are other ways in. Now, when it comes to a sheepfold, <clears throat> they could climb up the wall. And a sheepfold back in Bible times was a, a corral type thing. But I'm, uh, everything I've ever read about it and seen pictures of it, it was a stone wall and it was uh, almost a closed circle. It might be four to six feet high, somewhere in there. And then there was an opening and the opening was the size of the width of a door. And the, the interesting thing is <clears throat> that the shepherd so there was no physical door there. The shepherd himself was the door. And at night after the sheep come in and they're done grazing and they need to just lie down and rest, the shepherd would often lie across that doorway and, uh, and he would become the door. If a wolf came, he'd have to go through the shepherd and uh, the shepherd's life would be on the line because he was the door. And uh, that's the great savior that you and I have. And if, you know, if you're listening out there and you need assurance that God is on your side, just remember that, that this one, Jesus Christ, this savior is so great. He, he says, number one, he lays everything on the line for him. They have to go through him to get to you. So if you're overwhelmed, that means that Jesus Christ himself is, as long as there's a Jesus Christ that's alive, he is there to guard the door. He, nothing's going to get through that he is not himself going to deal with. So if you're seeing a wolf, it's because he's dealing with the wolf in your life. And uh, we don't have to fear the wolf. But this, this wonderful door, we're dealing with a Savior here in this great passage of Scripture that it says, if you go through the door, so if you're not, let me just say, if you're not yet in the sheepfold, you, you go through that door, the Bible says you shall be saved. I remember years ago, before I trusted Christ as my Lord and Savior, someone said, are you saved? And all that I knew is that scared me. I had no idea what they were talking about. Because I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm not drowning i'm not on a hospital table i'm not an icu what do you mean are you saved well they meant spiritually saved because i was in grave danger and and here's jesus and he says you know what all you got to do to solve that is come to me just go just go to him in prayer in fact you could get on your knees right now as you're listening to this you could fall on your knees and say god i am not sure I'm in that fold. And I would sure like to get that thing settled. 
your word says these guys are saying, if I come to you, you're going to let me in. In fact, the scripture says he will in no wise cast out. So uh, you're coming to the door. He's going to open. The Bible says the porter will open to you. You'll be able to come right on in. But here's the thing. You've got to come to him. It's no other person. If you if you're trusting in your good works, if you're trusting in just some, you know, some some priest or preacher in your life that mom and dad's apron strings, mom's apron strings, dad's, you know, bow tie that he wears to church. None of that will get you in the door. You have to come to the door and you have to just leave everything else that has been your entrance to your peace and satisfaction behind and saying, I am trusting this great shepherd, this door for me. Amen. And uh, trust Trust in Christ. And there's, there's so much in these lessons as we go through and we learn from them. You know, it's that faith that Kevin's talking about. It's experiencing the salvation through faith in Christ. And yeah. it gives you that spiritual freedom. It gives you that place where you're, you're up there and you're with the sheep and you're, uh, you're taken care of. You, you're in the midst of you is the greatest shepherd there ever was. Starting tomorrow, we'll be talking about, you know, there's a lot of good shepherds out there. But when we talk about, uh, the good shepherd tomorrow, there's not a lot of shepherds that would lay down their life for their sheep. And uh, and we start learning about that tomorrow. And there's, there's so many lessons here, but I, was, I keep going back and I'm fixating that an abundant life is, is not about a material wealth as much as it is a spiritual wealth. And we've talked about this before, but remembering where the Bible said that Joseph was a prosperous man, and he didn't even own his own body. He had no money. Uh, he was a servant there for old uh, chief of staff of the army, Potiphar. And we remember Potiphar's wife, but here's the Bible saying, uh, here's a guy who's a prosperous man. So I think what we got to learn today, you know, we're impasse, right? We We've, we've been given that Holy Spirit of God that reminds us that when people go through junk, they're human beings and they're going through stuff and it's real and it's hurting them. And it's so easy for us to turn off things and turn on things like you, you would do with your MacBook or, you know, turn the channel of a TV. But the, but the honesty that comes about in an empath, somebody with empathy, it's, God uses that, friends. When you take a minute and think about somebody else's lot in life, and I'll tell you, it does something for your lot in life too. When you say, man, that person's got it pretty bad. What can I do to help them? You stop thinking about, well, maybe my car isn't running as good as it should, or, or you know, maybe I wish I had this or I had that. I wish I, I wish I had a better person in my life. I wish I had better friends. And then you look at somebody else who's just lost somebody, who's been through the great loss, or somebody whose life is upside down, and you're able to help them, and God takes care of your needs while you're helping them. He gives you a great friend. He gives you somebody to lead to the scripture. He gives you somebody uh, to help shepherd to the under shepherd, your pastor. He, he, he puts somebody in your life. So I, I think we got to remember our mission. We got to remember Jesus' mission because we're part of his mission. So in the army, we were always about mission. You know, this is your mission and your mission all falls together with all this. But Jesus' mission is to bring life, not destruction. And so your mission needs to be to help folks to bring life, not destruction, to help people out of destruction. Uh, take a few seconds with us, Kevin, and close this bad boy out about bringing life. 
Yeah, boy, it goes right along with the empathy that we talked about. Like you, you were saying, the shepherd sees people as being victims of the the thieves that came before him, and he's like, you know what? I'm coming to shine out as someone that is going to give you light. They take your life, they take your joy. Guess what? Come to me, and I'm going to leave you with more joy. Praise God. That's the reality. That's the reality of, of, of the surprise that Jesus brings versus the surprise that the, uh, that the bad dudes bring. Yes, sir. And, and there's so, there's so much in that, you know, you walk away with a friend, you walk away with lessons learned from a couple of you. God never expected us to go through this shoot and match alone. He always expected us to just grab a hold of one another and make a difference in someone's life and let them make a difference in yours. And somewhere along the way, God gives us all we need over and over again. And I don't know about you guys, but I want to collect more friends. I want to collect more awesome people, and I want to help people be awesome. We surely do love you folks today. We pray that God would give you a great day. And hey, when you go out today, with that smile that only God can give you and make a difference. Hug up next to somebody and feel their pain. Thank you. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation, or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.